When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 159 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, I will tank on Twitter slash X. I'm here joined by Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm good. Uh, a lot of football going on today. A lot of people busy watching Taylor Swift del- celebrating her dance on the lo- logo um, for Kansas City. I don't know. I don't know. A lot, Lots of things going on in the NFL. I watched just as much Taylor Swift as I did football today, I feel like. Anyways, uh, I digress. But appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us here on the live stream this evening. I know that we're competing with the NFC Championship, so we completely understand if you want to watch this one back on, on, mon- on Monday. I completely get that. But we are here for your questions, so please give us your questions, comments, strongly held beliefs, or demands, and we will make sure to do our best. Uh, I'm in hell from the Baltimore area, P-Pass. Well, got to be honest with you, uh, as a Fal- uh, Falcons fan second, Steelers fan first, uh, there was no winning for me um, in, in the Chiefs-Ravens uh, game. I was kind of rooting for the Meteor, um, so that's super fun. Uh, Tim Toolman Taylor says that they're watching both College Loop on one screen and the NFC Championship on the other screen. It's crazy, a great setup, and I love to hear it. Um, Dylan, I'm ready to rock and roll. I know we got a some news that, yeah, some of the news of all time uh, to lead off with. And then we get to talk about one of the games of all time. Um, so, yeah, no, this is just going to be one of the shows of all time. Don't worry. We have a lot of happy stuff to talk about towards the end of the show. But to start off, we are going to start off with Auburn football news. Trevon Reed has announced, uh, well, he uh, tweeted out not too long ago, uh, he will be leaving the Auburn recruiting staff and moving on to the UCF Golden Knights to coach the defensive backs for one Gus Malzahn. Uh, and I, this, it stung uh, hearing from uh, talking to Mike G and uh, hearing what uh, Ike said about it. They knew that pretty much everyone that around Javon knew that this was going to come eventually. Uh, it seems like a Cadillac situation where uh, he never was going to be more than the recruiting analyst at Auburn. Uh, as well as Cadillac was not going to be nothing more than the running backs coach at Auburn. So now going going out to go get your own, uh, get your own bag and you know, defensive back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who's to say this is going to be his last stop in Auburn? Yeah, no, I mean, no reason to to think that that, that this is completely signed, sealed, delivered. Really, for any of those guys, uh, whether that be uh, for Trevon Reed, uh, Cadillac Williams. I mean, I've not ruled out a return for for T. Will at any point. Like, it's not like. These guys are gone forever. Um, it's just time to to go and build on their career, build their resume. Hell, I get it. Uh, I'm 23 and still working on my career and my resume. Uh, so I, I understand exactly uh, where they're coming from and their perspective. Wishing uh, Trevon the best at UCF as he goes back to reunite with one Gus Malzahn, uh, a gentleman that he's acquainted with and uh, has crossed paths with once or twice in, in his football life. Um, so... Obi Wan Kenobi said War Eagle from Albert, uh, Albertville, uh, Alabama. War Eagle, Obi Wan Kenobi. Actually, fun fact I watched uh, Return of the Jedi last night. That was super cool. Um, just a little <laughs> fun, fun little tidbit there. Um, yeah, I will say, with, the, with the departure of Trevon Reed, there is a the question of does, how bad does this affect Auburn's recruiting? I don't think it helps, man. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like pressing the panic button yet. 
Um, Travon's a closer. I mean, obviously different different procedure in terms of not being able to go on the road, things like that, that nature. And that's not been his his occupation long term. But uh, he gets guys on the planes um, in terms of getting them here on campus uh, and getting them to actually get the experience uh, of of what Auburn feels like, what Auburn tastes like, and kind of getting a, a real feel and and, sell, and selling his personal experiences and his personal uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here testimonial uh, of of what what it means to be an Auburn football player and an Auburn man. I don't think it like helps. Like there's, there's no way I can spin zone that, but at the same time, uh, freeze and company kind of got class one and laid the foundation. Uh, now it's, it's up to you. It, it is, uh, you got your, your three guys that you were really leaning heavy on and you're one in terms of the recruiting cycle, in terms of selling Auburn for, for Auburn, not just for Hugh freeze's vision. Now it's, uh, it's down to Hugh freeze and his staff selling his vision. Yeah, and this and- time is coming. And I know you're uh, saying it didn't, I, I think it doesn't hurt at all uh, because going into this offseason, Hugh Freeze made a pretty big hire in Charles Kelly, who by 24-7 standards was the number one recruiter in the country. So, I mean, you're losing one great recruiter, but you came in with a guy who has been nationally acclaimed as the recruiter of the year. Uh, and, then, again, time will tell how much this actually affects, but – Time will tell how any of the departures or additions will affect this Auburn football team going into the into the future. And P. Pastor Brian Marcus Davis's role uh, probably in recruiting will expand as well. A guy who is huge on the additions of Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Auburn's going to be just fine. I think this is it's kind of a a net zero kind of situation, right? Uh, where you're you're losing and gaining at the same time. Uh, but I, I'm going to kind of go back to what I said a second ago. Double down, Dylan. At this point, now it is it is uh, the Hugh Freeze camp. And it is it is that staff's job, which is something we've really not seen at Auburn in a few years, uh, because, I mean, yes, Malzahn was at that point where it was just his staff. And I, I get that. But Harson never really got to that point because there was so much internal turmoil. And that's just what that is. Um, now, now it's about maintaining program stability and, and relying on your staff. You're the guys you go out and get to help you go get guys, if that makes sense, uh, to go go get your your pieces on your on your roster construction. So I. I, I'm with you, Dill. I don't. I don't think that this is a, a huge blow, uh, but at the same time, you know it, it stings. Um, also, sorry if you saw me look down. I figured the text and message was Dylan texting me about something. So, I know uh, my phone's about to die, so I was asking my beautiful girlfriend if she'd come over here and grab it. Hand you a phone charger. That's nice of her. <laughs> How kind of Lauren. Shout out Lauren, the unofficial uh, IT team of the College Loop podcast. I'd, so. I'd let her. I'd let her walk on camera to make her official debut. But she is wearing all Georgia, and she can get out of the frame <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who say that dylan's not a patient soul there you go <laughs> uh all that being said uh yeah p pass mentioned uh marcus davis's role will expand also th- said that travis uh trevon uh, once gave him directions and neither of you guys knew each other who, who each other was it's really funny um let's see here oh obi-wan kenobi is actually a longtime subscriber gregorio durant his youtube handle okay 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 also I, re- I read the second part of that wrong when um uh Gregorio, when you said, uh, without a doubt, T. Reed, uh, T. Reed will be back once he gets a P5 experience. I thought you said he'll be back when he gets a PS5. I was like, all right. Um, I just read that wrong. Uh, didn't know that Trevon just needed a PS5 to get back to the planes. That, that man spends too much money on drip for him not to already have a PS5. <laughs> on, on a completely un, unrelated note, does anybody have a Sony code where I can get a discount on a PS5? <laughs> like, we, I'll get Trevon back. Now I'm an Xbox guy, but I'll get him back. <laughs> if that's all it takes. Well, yeah. So, leave your thoughts and comments below. Uh, how 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 do you think that this affects Auburn recruiting? I don't think it affects it as much. It, this loss 
probably is up there with the Cadillac Williams departure as it definitely stings a lot. A it's lot more of an emotional departure than it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got, I got, because I think I saw a tweet. I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. One of the, the burner accounts saying, T Reed, are we done yet? Crickets. It's like no eye emojis. Yes. Tim told me. Yes, exactly. I completely agree. I, I've been wanting that hat for so long, but I, I keep uh, losing the link to it. So if you know the link to the upside down Auburn. I actually do. You could have just asked me, but that's okay. Um, well, asking also, uh, Tim Toolman, I just want to point it out there like T Reed, um, has the biggest, the best drip I've ever seen of any coach, but I can't rock the things that he rocks. Like, he just has an unparalleled swagger that I just don't possess, but I can admire that that guy knows fashion. Yeah, uh, so we got to hang the banner for the we not done yet. <laughs> he can't use that over there. Completely agree. Agree. 100 taking too much from us for him to take that <laughs> phrase away from us. <laughs> that's a wild statement, but that's okay, anyways. Uh, Worry, I'm going to move forward. We're going to move into one of the games of all time. Before we do so, I want to remind everybody, while you're hanging out with us here on the, on the YouTube stream, or if you're watching this back on the YouTube stream, make sure you hit like, subscribe, ring the bell right here on the College Hoop Podcast. If you're watching right now, I assume you're probably subscribed, so we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, especially during, like I said, the NFC Championship. But if you're not already already subscribed to the College Hoop Podcast, make sure you go ahead and do that. Give us a like, drop a comment on the show once it's completely released, post its premiere, which is live. So as soon as this thing's over, go drop some comments for us. Make sure you ring the bell so you can stay up to date with all the latest content coming out right here at the College League Podcast. You guys are the best in the world. If you're not watching on the YouTube stream and you're listening to this back on Sunday night, I guess later this evening, or Monday, whatever the case may be, or I don't know, next week. If you want to go back and catch up, that's fine. Uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Anyways, we appreciate you guys. Give us five stars, a thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice. I promise you, for the algorithm, we cannot express how much that helps the cause, and we appreciate it more than words can explain. Um, if you guys want to support the, pod the podcast in other ways, you can head over to thewarreport.com, pick up your very own College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded field loopy t-shirt. comes in five different colorways. It is the best shirt you'll ever own, the most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. You can grab that from the link in our description so you don't have to type that in the search bar. That is the College Loop War Report co-branded field loopy t-shirt. Make sure you use hashtag feeling loopy. That is hashtag feeling without the G. Feeling loopy on whatever social media platform makes you feel the happiest and send us a selfie. Tag us in it of you and your new College Loop feeling loopy t-shirt. And if you're listening to, if you're watching the stream rather than watching the championship, first off, thank you. But also for an update, Detroit is now up 14-0 on the 49ers. Last I saw was seven nothing. R.I.P. John Conley. He's having a rough evening. Um, friend of the program. Hoping, hoping, uh, hoping that he's okay mentally. Um, I understand sports fandom is a mental disorder, and I firmly believe that I suffer from it myself. All right, let's jump into as I mentioned a couple times, and I'm just going to continue to refer to it as one of the games of all time. Auburn men's basketball headed to Starkville, Mississippi, and took. Uh, took on the Mississippi State Bulldogs at the hump. What if I told you Auburn only scored 58 points in a basketball game this year? You'd probably guess that they lost, and you'd probably be right. Not not probably. You'd definitely be right. Losing 58-64. So I, I wish I had a good starting point, um, Dylan. I missed the first 12 minutes of the game uh, because I was PA announcer um, for Wesleyan. We had a game on, on Saturday afternoon. but And, and I was so – infuriated after the loss that I just did not even want to go back and rewatch the first 12 minutes film. Didn't even think it was worth my time. Um, yeah. Tim, the tool man said prayers for Ike. He's a Niners fan. Yeah. Poor Ike dude. Shout out. Hope you're doing okay, man. Keep your head up. You're going to be all right. Um, we're all Lions fans here. Don't worry. Yeah. No, we're the whole, honorary. Yeah. We're all honorary Lions fans. Please save us from Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes. Anyways. Um, I don't mind Pat or Travis. It's just, yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> just, I'm just saying, um, Auburn just, like, played horrible basketball. Like, I don't really know a better way to put this. 
other than Auburn played absolutely atrocious basketball in Starkville this past Saturday. Uh, Janai Broom only dropped 14. He looked like a little man in the paint. He did. He looked like a little man throughout the day. Um, you want to stay with the bigs? Let's talk about where the hell was Dylan Cardwell? What's that line? Zero points on four <laughs> He looked like Dylan Cardwell of 2022, not even 2023, 2022. Like, this, this is horrid. Um, good evening, AJ. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for hanging hanging out in the chat. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, Dylan was awful. Um, Janai was not good. Jalen Williams looked like he could have been kind of taken over the game and then just looked scared to do so. AJ just mentioned Auburn looked scared the entire game across the board. You're absolutely right. Uh, Trey Donaldson only put up six uh, and turned the ball over once. Aiden Holloway turned the ball over three times and only scored seven points. Guys, his three-point selection, I know he hit two. His three-point selection has gotten worse. Uh, he, he looked like a freshman. And some of his passes were just sloppy. Chad Baker Mazzara felt like he was trying to do too much and only put up three points. Uh, it was just mistake after mistake. And, and a lot of guys that usually wouldn't have to play that many minutes had to play that many minutes because of foul trouble. Uh, I mean, I, primarily uh, on your bigs. I mean, Janai Broom played 34 minutes of basketball. AJ Revere says, I'll say Aiden's not good enough right now to be a one and done. I absolutely agree. I think we're getting close to that conversation about coming back. Um, yeah, not great. Uh, Connie Friday Dobbins said, yeah, it was a tough to watch with my Alabama, uh, Alabama husband. First off, woof, sorry. Um, ouch. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I wish I could sit here and tell you guys that Mississippi State, you know, just, just played their ass off and shot the lights out. Um, Auburn beat Auburn. Auburn beat Auburn on Saturday. First half, you shoot 28% from the field. That is abysmal. 20% from the, from, from beyond the arc. And your only silver lining was your free throws. If you would have told me that a year ago, I would have called bullshit. But here we are. Uh, you go over to the to the Mississippi State side, and here's the most infuriating part: is they gave you so many opportunities to get into this game. Mississippi State turned the ball over 14 times. They shot 50 percent from the free throw strike, which, mind you, they took 18 charity shots. Uh, and then they shot 23-8 from beyond three, and then wound up shooting. And in, in the second half, they shot 57-6. Uh, from the field, but they combined for a 43-9 from the field. First half, 32-2. Like, Mississippi State did not play well. Auburn just played that bad. Um, if you're asking me right now if it's time to press the panic button, I'm not saying to do it, but if there's like a clear casing over it, it's time to flip that up. It's time to start thinking. Uh, I, I, I'm, I got irrationally irritated yesterday because this is eerily 2022. I'm sorry for PTSD. This is eerily 2022. This group looked like they peaked at the absolute wrong time. Um, and now you've taken yourself not only out of the driver's seat, but now you're going to have to fight like hell if you want to be in contention for the SEC regular season and if you want a one seed going into the SEC tournament. This is a problem. Like, let's not being able to play on the road is a huge, huge problem. And that Arkansas win was really cool in the moment. They suck. They suck. They are bad. Um, yeah, sure. Muss has gotten the best out of Bruce the past couple years, what have you, whatever. Um, Arkansas is a bad basketball team and they're going to be fighting to make sure that they, you know, don't have to play the maximum number of games in the tournament, in the SEC tournament. They're in NIT bound. Uh, Auburn needs to get their stuff together. They're going to, they've got the talent. It's just a matter of guys. You got them. Here's my biggest pet peeve. And I've tweeted a million times. I'm gonna let you roll Dylan, but I've tweeted this a million times. Auburn has got to make their possessions make sense. And they've not done that. Stop playing your opponent's game. It's, it's that simple. 
whenever your opponent gets three ball happy and they start draining a couple, listen, it is not sustainable at the college level. If someone shoots 75% from three as a team and they just put up you know 30 shots in a game, so be it. They were going to beat you. That was going to happen. But it's not sustainable at the college level. It's a little more sustainable at the NBA because it's kind of their day, their entire jobs. But like, it's not sustainable here. Play your brand. Play your tempo. Alabama's probably the only team you've played all year that's played a faster tempo than you, and you let them dictate. And then you did the same thing with Mississippi State. They put up a couple shots. I mean, Josh Hubbard played his ass off. I mean, give give Josh Hubbard his flowers. He played a hell of a ball game. And I mean, Cameron Matthews, not a bad ball player either. Uh, they've they've got talent there. But Auburn let them dictate the game. I'm just going to say it, Dylan. At some point, you got to look and say, damn it, we're better than them. You are. You are. And it is okay to have that mentality. Uh, I I got really, really frustrated yesterday. And it's more so that I just know this group is is capable of doing way more than they're doing right now. That's where I'm at. Yeah, and this is just another example of Auburn playing down to the opponents that they're looking at. Mississippi State is just not a good offensive team. Uh, very good defensive team, but terrible in the offensive end. You mentioned the fifty percent from the from the free throw line. They were they shot worse than Auburn from the three point line. They they are a team that does not take advantage of offensive possessions, and Auburn let them do that with Josh Hubbard and Matthews and Moore all putting up double digit points. And then you look at the on Auburn side, Janai Broom should never be playing should never be playing thirty four minutes of any game. Nobody should be playing thirty four minutes. Exactly, Dylan Cardwell getting. Four fouls in the first half is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, some of those fouls I will call phantom calls. I won't say Auburn lost that game because of the because of the fouls because you can't do that. But without Dylan Cardwell in the position. game, it, do what? Don't put yourself in the position to get phantom calls. You're a big man. It's going to happen. A- exactly. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at it because and Janai Broom, he did everything he could. They 14 and seven, uh, two assists, one steal, three blocks. He, he did what he can. But the second best player who played yesterday was Cheney Johnson, uh, offensively. He put up eight points. I think he made the most of his possessions that he when he got the ball, and defensively he played very well as, as well. And hopefully this is a trend up for Cheney Johnson, but also the rest of the team is trending down in terms of play. I'm starting to look at the ten deep mantra, and I'm looking at Chris Moore and I'm looking at Leor Berman, and mostly Chris Moore. Yeah, but I say Leor should that respectfully doesn't belong in the rotation. I know you guys love him. I love him just as much as the next person, but he doesn't belong in this rotation. I think Leor does more than Chris Moore. Oh, yeah. No, that which is the problem. Exactly. And that that's a starter. And Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson got the start yesterday due to some I I heard some violation of team rules from Aiden Holloway and Denver Denver Jones. Uh, but Denver didn't play bad whenever he was able to get in. He made some he made some great shots. He made some he had some great shot selection. And I'm looking at Aiden Holloway, I'm like what were you doing? He took so many shots that were just sideways or he just threw one up and just doing the most that he can to not make shots. This is not the Aiden Holloway we saw in the first few weeks of the season. It is a <clears throat> regression that is nothing is doing nothing but hurting him uh, as a player. Uh, it's just a mindset thing going on within this team because in, in Jalen Williams – looked like the Jalen Williams we were talking about earlier in the season. Like, when is he actually going to step up? When is he going to want to be there? That I didn't see that Jalen Williams yesterday. He had opportunities. He had chances. I mean, three of 11 from the field is horrendous. At one for 10 from the starting five is horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, horrible. Uh, you're, you're, you're right. And, and here's here's the thing that irks me the most, folks, friends, family of the college loop. I'm going to give you a number. I'm going to go and let you guess. You looking at the box score? I turned it away. 
Okay. Auburn 30, Mississippi State 45. What stat category is that? Uh, I'm going to assume uh, rebounds. What the hell? Getting murdered on the boards. Murder. It's unacceptable. I I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand what the I, – I, Mississippi State's a, a great defensive team. Uh, they, they're a very good defensive team. I'm not as pressed on the offensive boards. I am pressed on the defensive end. I, 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 I am. Uh, I, I'm concerned about that. Uh, Janai Broom, he, he's up and down in terms of where I think his draft stock's at. But if he doesn't get automatic on cleaning up the boards on on gimmies, that's that's going to hurt him long term. And it's going to hurt the team. Uh, it so, definitely hurts getting rebounds if you're playing tired for the last. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And look, I get that. But at the same time, I mean, it's not like Dylan Cardwell went in there and put in a clinic. I mean, he got one. He, he didn't get a single rebound. Like it's in his six minutes, not one rebound. Like, what what are we doing here? Aiden Holloway, uh, sorry, excuse me. Chad, Chad Baker Mazar had six rebounds to Janai Broom seven. That's not how that should work at all. It, it's not. I'm I'm just I'm just concerned on the on on that on the glass. Um, well, I look at it like why wasn't why didn't you put Dylan Cardwell on him for a little bit? Just let him foul out. At the bare minimum, at least kind of give Janai Broom a chance to get some water, get some, get some. Yeah, gear but Janai was playing better down the stretch. I, I, I get it, I get it. But what's irking me, Dylan, is the 14 offensive rebounds for Mississippi State. I, I just can't make sense out of it, and 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 it's there's there's layers to it, right? I, I get it, but at the same time, guys, guys, offensive rebounding or defensive rebounding is where you need to make money, where you where you need to need to get get turnovers. You're tall. It's a pretty big lineup. Especially when you've got CBM, Janai, and J. Will all on the floor at the same time. I mean, that's a big lineup. You bring in Chaney Johnson; that's a big guy. Like boards should be happening, and and they're not. I'm I'm just I'm just concerned there. Um, AJ Rivera, I'm going to bring this up here again. Mentioned Auburn should get right against Vanderbilt, but Ole Miss Saturday has them worried. If they lose that, you're panicking. And I'm telling you right now, that's justified. That is absolutely justified. Um, Auburn, if Auburn goes in and loses to that Ole Miss team, that they. Yeah, that they handed it to just just a week ago. Um, this is panic time. It, it, it is panic time in desperation mode, and effectively taking yourself out of the SEC race at that point. Thank good. Just saying, just putting it out there. Um, I don't think Tennessee and Kentucky are going to lose three times in the SEC. I I, I don't. Um, they got to play each other, but like, I don't I don't see three losses from either of those schools um, in, in the conference. So I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't have a solution. I, I will say to to play devil's advocate to to how terrible Auburn has looked. Uh, the entirety of college basketball has looked bad on the road. I don't know what it is. Every single person, every single team. In, yeah, in the, that separates the good and the great. That's yeah, that's the thing. but that's like even like Kansas and UConn are losing games on on the road. Like it's it's something that's happening all over the place. But it's time for Auburn to realize Neville Arena can't move. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not on wheels. You you're, can't not gonna, you're not going to play at Neville Arena in March. Exactly. You're, you're going to be playing not. in Nashville, and you're going to be playing in probably Birmingham or somewhere around there. AJ Rivera said Bama could win the, win the SEC. They're looking better than I thought they were this season. They're in the mix. Um, I think there are a couple – I don't know. I, I think there are a couple pieces from being a complete team. And at t- AJ, that Tennessee team is really, really good. Uh, I, I I don't know who's beaten them in the SEC. Uh, Tim Toolman Taylor said, how do we even get here? We were a juggernaut, and people were finally starting to believe in us as SMH. Well, I mean, Tim, you're right. That's why I, I, I called back to 2022. Auburn was the number one team in the country 
and, and they were the best team in the country for that stretch of time. Uh, and and then they fell apart. I don't know what it is. Uh, I've, I've had conversations with a handful of people about, you know, what is it about Auburn basketball teams under Bruce Pearl when, when they start getting national notoriety? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, AJ mentioned they are, but Tennessee lost to Texas A&M. Yeah, correct. I just don't know what I, what I mean. Uh, what I mean by that, AJ, is that I don't know who's taking that title away from them. It's not. I don't think it's Kentucky. Didn't, it, may, it, it could be. They're good. What's up? Didn't Tennessee also lose to Mississippi State? Tennessee lost to yeah, – they've lost to mm, and maybe State. I don't know, though. I mean, look, man, that Rick Barnes team's only getting better, and, they, and they're not looking horrendous in losses. They're getting the best out of people. Uh, like, you're get, they're getting the best version of their opponents uh, because that team is that damn good. Um, I don't know. Uh, Tim Toolman Taylor said maybe he tried to curb some of that with his not-as-good-as-people-think-we-are comments. I mean, look, that's that's coach coach talk, coach speak. Um, and, and I kind of think BP's in the right for it. Like, there's no reason to be like, we are this good when you know that you your team's got to prove itself. I, I actually get it. There's I think there's some validity there, and I don't have a problem with BP saying that. Um, I don't know. AJ said Kentucky has two losses in conference, so I could be mixing teams. Uh no, the, no, don't don't just fact check you. You were correct, but I'm, I'm still all in on Kentucky. I mean, I'm all in on I'm talking Tennessee. Excuse me. I'm all in on Tennessee being really good at uh, and, and coming down the stretch and, and winning the conference. And I, I'm hell. I'm not rooting for it. The last thing I'm going to do is root for a Rick Barnes team. Um, and I don't think he's a scum. I unfortunately think he's a good guy. Like, I just he's a hell of a basketball coach, and I can't stand Tennessee basketball. Of course, I hate almost every SEC basketball school. So that's in here over there. Every SEC school in basketball. I'm not a big fan of other schools. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, I'm going to put a little bow on that there, Dylan. Um, we'll, we'll preview the Auburn-Vanderbilt game this upcoming week on the Tuesday show. Um, so we'll have a preview for that and uh, touch base on that that front. We previewed the Auburn women's basketball game. Um, excuse me, Dylan, my apologies. Um, you, you mentioned uh, you, you want to move into women's basketball? I am down. Uh, men's basketball is depressing me. Yeah, it's um, not the greatest. Um, let me just look up. I want to double check something real quick before I speak out of my rear end. Auburn women's basketball is tomorrow. I was gaslighting myself and saying it was Tuesday. That was where I was going to say that. I was going to say, but we previewed Auburn women's basketball against UGA earlier on the Thursday Thursday show earlier this week. Big opportunity uh, for for Coach Jay and company um, to kind of keep themselves in the mix right there in the middle of the SEC. Kind of get themselves back into. Not a conference-winning conversation. Um, South Carolina comfortably in the, in the driver's seat at this point, and I don't know, I don't know who's beating them like in the country, period, uh, except for the Auburn Tigers on uh, on, on Thursday. But uh, <laughs> Auburn's going to play host to UGA, middle of a three-game home streak, right? Yep, three-game home uh, home home stretch tomorrow at six p.m. Uh, on this is the We Back Pat game, correct? Yep, We Back Pat um, in honor of Pat Summit. Big opportunity time here, Dylan. We previewed it, like I mentioned. Uh, AJ Rivera said, when is basketball making March? You are speaking my language right now. Um, because- I think the bracketology just said, uh, that I saw earlier said that Auburn was in the first four out. Well, th- that's okay. I'm, I was pairing that. This could be a game to help the cause. Um, UGA, uh, UGA is going to be a Q1 um, in, in terms of Q1, Q2, depending on how they finish the season, more than likely a Q1. And you've got the opportunity here at home, Dylan, we previewed it already. Let's give our score predictions real quick um, because if you guys want to go back and watch our preview, we broke that down kind of extensively on the Thursday show. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. We'll answer those. But 
let's go and give our score predictions real quick before we roll into diamond superlatives. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Auburn to win here, uh, just because I need to see an Auburn team win uh, this week, hopefully, or at least this weekend. I'm gonna count tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow evening as this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna say Auburn's gonna win. I'm gonna give it about a I'm gonna say 65 to 59. All right, cool. I was gonna say 65, 50, uh, 65 60, but like, I like I like Auburn sixty five sixty. If, if Auburn can get a decent crowd and tomorrow night, I know it's a Monday night. I know a lot of people it's a school night, uh, but if they can get a decent crowd in tomorrow, the the, the environment has had tangible results. Uh, it, there's it's just a no brainer. If you actually have a home court advantage, you do have an advantage, uh, and I think that Auburn's trending in that direction. The marketing team's doing a great job. The uh, all the alumni, students, supporters, fans, whatever that extent you want to go to have done a great job of buying in this year uh, and and the, the product's getting more and more exciting by the game. Um, this team gets a win over, over UGA on Sunday. I really don't think I'll lose on Thursday. Um, I will be watching, but I don't care how bad they lose. That game is on SEC network plus by the way, tomorrow's SEC network. Um, you get a stretch minus LSU uh, of games. You can win come down the stretch, like a lot of games you can win. And I feel very good about where Auburn could wind up being, not just in the SEC, but in the national picture in terms of going dancing. Um, that'd be huge. And I think that's on the table. Yeah, and it'd be huge because uh, if, if you can turn out, because if anyone's not aware, Auburn is undefeated whenever they play in crowds of 6,000 or more. Yep. So if that environment was there every game, Auburn never loses again. That's okay. what the science tells us. Exactly. And especially so, about, like if you get a crowd like that on a Monday night, that's – Speaking volumes. You get 6,000 in Neville Arena tomorrow night, and I'm just saying I'll do another TikTok dance. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell the admin of Auburn, of the women's basketball Twitter that. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Let top top liked comment gets to pick who the, uh, what the TikTok dance is. Yeah, that's fine. Just, just shoot Wes a DM. Yeah, but at the bare minimum, I do think that that South Carolina game is going to be another rocking crowd. Exactly. I do think the outcome is going to be completely different. <laughs> um, respectfully, that South Carolina team is really good. Hey, Daniel's first quote graphic was talking about how Auburn women, how they could take down South Carolina. Uh, I think it's possible. Uh, I mean, yeah, if we already knew who was going to win, we wouldn't play the game. Exactly. Uh, that, that is just sports. Uh, that is how sports work. Uh, but I, I would not bet on Auburn in that game. <laughs> Well, I have a great payout. <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would not even touch anything with that logo on it, regardless. So that's just no, no, what it's, being, it's that's what that's what being a twenty three year old fan of Auburn has taught me: never bet on the Tigers because it's suicide. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Wishing women's basketball and Coach Jane Company the best. Uh, honestly, why don't you go give me a triple double tomorrow night and just see what happens? Come on the show on Tuesday, and then since I called my shot, you can you can th- or on Wednesday, Tuesday, yeah, you call, call I called my shot, you can come. Uh, you can come thank me for that since I put it into existence and manifested. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk softball. Let's give our diamond superlatives. Dylan, great call on this for today's show. We'll start with Auburn baseball. We're going to give our player of the year, most improved and best newcomer. Dylan, I'll let you kind of rattle yours off or I can go first, whichever one you want. I know you're going to want to close on softball. Um, so I'm going to close on baseball. Gotcha. So I'll start off uh, for player of the year. I have Mr. Stanfield himself, Chris Stanfield, a guy who really showed out and showed up every single game he was in as a freshman. Uh, not the only freshman that we're going to be talking about uh, during this little segment, but a, a guy who just hits the ball to the moon. Uh, was one of Auburn's most consistent players as a first year. Uh, I think he continues that trend. I think he even gets a little bit better. 
than that and definitely guy that you're going to have to hold on to from those draft scouts. I'll let you go. And you want me? You want me to? You want I, to rattle all three? You want me to knock them all out? Yeah, yeah just no. rattle all three. I'll rattle all three afterwards. Uh, most improved. Uh, I have two answers really. Uh, I'm gonna go with the first one. That's kind of the more realistic one uh, right now is Drew Nelson. Uh, got a, a pitcher who kind of struggled at times. Never really got consistent. Never really found his groove on the mound. Uh, I'm looking to really watch him improve. That a guy who is highly touted as a recruit, uh, and I just need to see more of him. My other my other answer for this, and I'll I'll, I'll just uh, it's like Irish. Uh, and that most improved comes from those doubles instead of hitting the wall, going over the wall yep. and turning that from 20, 20 doubles to 20 home runs. Because <laughs> 20 one, home runs, if, if I got Irish hits 20 bombs this year, I, I might have to consider getting his number tattooed on my, on my arm. I mean, I might have <laughs> you, to consider you need to be careful, these, you need to be careful all these crisp 18 right here in the bicep. <laughs> and then rounding out uh, best newcomer. I have Cooper Weiss. Coming from, I believe, Coastal Carolina, I believe is where he's transferring it from. I've seen it all over the place. I think it's also Miami, Ohio is another thing. It's like he came from both. Yeah. Uh, I think Miami, Ohio, shortstop uh, position Auburn uh, is going to be losing out on uh, and definitely needs a guy who's experienced and can play that. Uh, and coming from Miami, Ohio, uh, might have just had he won MAC Defensive Player of the Year uh, last year. So a huge pickup for Auburn getting Cooper Weiss. And I do think he's going to end up being the player or, or being the best newcomer. Love it. So you've got Chris Stanfield, Ike Irish slash Drew Nelson and Cooper Weiss. Love those. Love that group. One of those answers is going to sound pretty familiar when I get around. Um, AJ Rivera mentioned, do y'all know anything about the women's tennis coaching situation? I'll be tr- transparent candid. I do not. I don't. I'm just going to be honest with you, and then I'm going to roll into mine. Just, I'm sorry, AJ. I can, I can ask. Like, I just, <laughs> I just not something that's entered my sphere to this point. And I've been working on my golf game a lot lately. I'm going to be honest with you. Anyways, um, <laughs> for my player of the year, I've got Joseph Gonzalez. Uh, this guy, one, needs to have a huge year. Two, Auburn needs to have him to, to for him to have a, good, a huge year because you need your Friday night guy. This guy can be your anchor. Can get you deep into games. Uh, he's he's got a very conditioned arm, been around for a long time, coming off an injury, obviously, um, but played multiple years um, at at Auburn, um, several years at Auburn now, um, and and played at the college level for a long time, working on strength, working on below. If he can come back and be the kind of guy that we think he can be, Joseph Gonzalez can wind up being this team's MVP if they make a decent run uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of you as I pivot into my what who could be my offensive MVP and that is Ike Irish as well like you mentioned working on the power um getting in the gym which I'm certain is part of the weight training plan um I, I don't know if you remember but they used to have like lift beach during COVID that was so electric anyways um yeah so I've, I've got Ike Irish in terms of that and I mean he didn't commit ease he's by the way 58 games played 58 games started last year um the dude is locked down on on defense but you got to find a place where he belongs um, in terms of like where he truly should be at. Um, so that's something that could can really improve not just Auburn's chances, but Ike Irish's chances of, of being a pro- coveted prospect um, when he decides to turn pro. Uh, my best newcomer is going to be Carson Myers, the young man out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Give me two seconds. I'm going to pull up his stats from UAB. Um, yeah, the transfer from UAB uh, led qualified pitchers with a 3-5-2 ERA and 14 appearances and 13 starts, struck out 70 batters in 71.2 innings of work and held opponents to a 231 average um, against. Uh, he improved his his ERA in conference play, which is usually not the way that works. It is usually the inverse. Uh, he was pitching to a 3-2-9 in conference USA play. Uh, so this young man can really add uh, an opportunity, uh, not opportunity, but, but a big arm 
um, coming off the mound, uh, the junior out of out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, by the way, uh, a big arm to this rotation and kind of establish a one-two punch. Um, not necessarily in the in starting rotation minutes, but actually an anchor in this bullpen. Um, 70 innings is clearly not enough to get the job done in terms of a starter uh, throughout the course of a year. But at the same time, if you can have a one-two punch of Jogo and Carson Myers, uh, you can win your Friday night games and, and, and a lot more often than not. And if he has a big year, uh, this this young man could really turn some heads and also potentially get himself a bid um, in the coveted draft coming up this year. Um, so let's roll into our softball superlatives here, Dylan. We'll go one at a time here. Um, player of the year, let's just go ahead and acknowledge we have the same one. Say, before we do this, uh, I will say I just looked up the tennis thing. They just fired their coach. Uh, fired the coach two days after they got nationals. So that's weird. I have no inside scoop on that whatsoever. I don't either. I'm try- I was trying to look it up, but no one's saying anything about it. Uh, yeah, very abrupt, very weird thing to do after you went with clinch nationals. That's the first time I've heard about it, but yeah, let's get into softball. Yeah, anyways, into our softball diamonds superlatives. Let's go ahead and knock out player of the year for both of us. It's Maddie Penta. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't really think we need any any background on that. I don't think we need to elaborate. Show me what she was eighth best in the country, right? Ninth? Uh, yeah, the, which was very... Show me, it, it, show me eight better. <laughs> show me eight better. You, you can't. Um, your most, uh, my most improved player this year is gonna be Emma Rolf. You need a second punch. Can you step up and do that? And honorable mention to Annabelle Weeder, right? But like, can we get that two punch to take some innings off of Maddie Penta, our preseason player of the year, and give her the opportunity to put, be pitching at 100% rest as opposed to just playing at 85 90 and having to put up monster innings? She's gonna have a phenomenal season whether she pitches. 85% of the game games or 80% of the games. It's not going to matter. More of us, more realistically, 95% of the games or 90% of the games. It, it does not really matter. If you can have a solid 2-3 and, and Emma Rolf and, and Annabelle Weidra, if they can really take that next step up, then this group is, oh, my God, disgusting. Like, really, you don't have to be that crazy good on offense. Like, that's just – that's going to take care of itself. It's going to sort itself out. Your pitchers are going to keep you in games and give you chances. You're most improved, Dylan. Yeah, I just built off of your Emma Rolf thing for a second. Uh, during fall ball, she definitely was uh, one of the stars of fall ball. Uh, definitely looked way more improved. Her and Annabelle Woods are both giving Auburn a chance to go four deep on the mound uh, going into next year's with her Annabelle Weidra and Shelby Lowe all coming back. Uh, my most improved, I'm looking Isis Tresvik. Uh, she was very good uh, down the stretch, uh, and I'm looking for her to get a little more consistent uh, hitting the ball. Uh, she was very good in the outfield. Her, uh, they just made the outfield for Auburn last year was just outstanding. Uh, but it, it's time for them to step up a little bit more, get more consistent. And I started with Isis Tresvik, the transfer. I'm trying to remember where she transferred from, transferred in from uh, last year. Oh Lord, what's it? Thank you for asking me a question when I wasn't prepared for that. I can look real quick. I was I wasn't prepared for it too. Whenever it came out of my brain, uh, North Carolina anti. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm looking for her to really step up and uh, become a consistent contributor on the sovereign offense and defense. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Um, just needing more all-around balance. This team is going to be different from last year. Um, I don't think it's good as last year. Um, but they can be if the right things fall in the right places, if that makes sense. Um, I think they still finish shot five in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. 100% agree. Uh, best newcomer. I went with a fun pick here, guys. Look, I don't necessarily know how much PT 
that this young lady is going to get, but it's fun to have her on, 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 on the team. Uh, and that's Mariah Penta. And I say this because if there's more Pentas in the world, bring them to, the, to Auburn softball. Um, and, and I am just not opposed in any capacity um, for everything Maddie's done. If she's got a fraction of her sister's athleticism, guys, we are cooking. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what she, what she's able to do. She's a, like I said, a utility player. Um, so she'll kind of knock around um, position to position and she held a 500 batting average with four homers in her senior year. So like, it's not like she can't play ball. <laughs> hey, I've heard Maddie Pinto rakes too. So like maybe she's the, maybe Mariah is the hitter here. Yeah. Heard from known Arkansas first base, first baseman, Brie Ellis. Uh, Arkansas <laughs> softball legend. Yeah. Auburn, uh, Arkansas softball, fall ball legend, uh, Brie Ellis. <laughs> I uh, talked about that, but uh, my best, my best newcomer. Speaking of Briellis, who again transferred out uh, this past off season, uh, I'm looking at Amelia Leck, uh, the transfer out of Maryland. Uh, looking at her stats from Maryland last year, she batted a 285. She had 16 home runs with a 47 RBI. Auburn needed to replace a Briellis caliber player, and they got someone who I don't think is on the same level as Briellis because it's going to be very hard to find anyone on that level, but someone who is pretty darn close. Uh, I do think that she is going to come in right away. She was very good in fall ball. She was right right there with uh, Elma Rolf and Annabelle Weidra, uh, hyping up the crowd, hyping up the team, doing everything impossible to prove that she is an SEC caliber player coming from the Big Ten. Uh, and she's one already won me over as one of my favorites uh, on this team just for how how she how vocal she was uh, from the field. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch her play. And she has offered an open invite to come on the show. Uh, so maybe we'll get a softball player this this season as well. Who's to say? As we move on from Auburn softball and baseball and our diamonds for a little, let's touch base real quick on Auburn gymnastics and their loss to number four Arkansas, one ninety six six seven five to one ninety seven two two five. Couple quick notes: Cassie Stevens wins the all around. Shout out Cassie, doing things that we knew Cassie Stevens was capable of doing. Uh, fresh uh, freshman uh, Julianne Huff put up a nine nine on vault. Good vault scores. Good vault scores. It's a nice change in pace. And uh, this one blows my mind, Dylan. Auburn struggled on bars, question mark? Yeah, what if I told you that Auburn's lowest scores in a gymnastics meet came from bars? And one of their highest came from vault. That's the wild thing to me. Uh, They scored their highest on floor, which we are used to this. Uh, then went to vault, and then went to beam, and then they did not even scratch a four not uh, a four to nine points uh, on bars. A position, a, a like a, a not a position, I guess position. Uh, I'm trying. What are the words that are not going in my brain? I don't I, know. I'm, not, I'm glad I can't read your brain. <laughs> yeah, rotation. That's what I'm rotation. rotation. Uh, a rotation that Auburn has been consistently good at under under Graba, and won when cha- went to win championships out a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. It, uh, you you had a little little talent there, but oh, yeah, I mean, you had Sydney Lee, of course. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the goat. Like, <laughs> uh, but you had uh, pretty disappointing performances from you know your your big hitters, Olivia Hollingsworth, Cassie Stevens, and Sophia Growth, all really struggling on the bars. It's something you don't want to see, especially whenever you had that win in the grasp of your hands. But starting off with the bars. And just starting off so low, it kind of hurt uh, and ruined any chances that you had. Even Auburn finally looked good on vault and lost because the bars were not good. Wrap your brain around that one. That hurts me so much. 
Uh, that is the I'm trying to think. That's like the third consecutive SEC loss. Fourth, if you count the Bama quad meet. They have another. They have another quad meet coming up this week. Uh, and and Grave has been very open about uh, the losses don't really the losses don't hurt and saw and and gymnastics like they do in other sports. Uh, as long as you're competitive enough, you will be ranked high. And Auburn is. Uh, they just have the unfortunate schedule to be playing in the best athletic conference in all of sports. Uh, where they have now played three consecutive top ten teams and lost. Uh, this team is going to win a game. Is going to is, is going to win a meet or two down the line uh, against one of these top teams because they are one of these top teams. It's all about getting together, all in the same meet. That's all it takes. And peaking at the right time. I, I know that's a, a mantra. I know. I know it's a common theme, but like it, it's so applicable in gymnastics. I mean, exactly. that Auburn team uh, and Sunnyside Lee's. Uh, first and second year, for lack of a better term, uh, for lack of a better term, yeah, both of those years got hot at the right time, and they were putting spectacular stuff together all year. I mean, don't get me wrong, but specifically uh, her her sophomore year, that group knew when to turn it on. Um, they knew when to throw the toughest stuff that they had to throw. Um, they worked on adding bits to the routine outside the gym and not throwing them in earlier meets and throwing them in later meets, and they did it well. Uh, it, it's kind of not saving your best stuff for last, but making sure that when you throw stuff, you're not keeping yourself out of competition, but you're ready to throw higher, higher level stuff, and higher difficulty stuff. When you come down to the higher stakes meets, um, that's really what all that matters. Winning does not matter yet. It does not matter until the tournament. Like it, that literally does not matter until the tournament. So <laughs> Auburn gymnastics is going to be just fine. Dylan. Exactly. Uh, again, don't cook anybody on, on gymnastics. Graba has has his team right where he yeah he, he has his team right where he wants them. No, no, I'm 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 and I'm the anti panic button of of Auburn gymnastics at the moment. I'm not I'm not at all worried. That's all we've got today for the College Loop podcast on Conference Championship Sunday. For those of you guys who celebrate um, in the NFL, I yeah. That's it's one of the days of all time. Anywho, I'm here Sitar at by Sitar on the Bird app. Before I get to, I guess you guys can find me on Instagram as well. So I'll just go and plug that. But before I get to the rest of my shtick, I'm just going to remind you guys if you guys want to help support the College Loop podcast, make sure you hit like, subscribe, ring the bell right here on the College Loop YouTube channel. Drop a comment, give us your questions, concerns, strongly help beliefs and demands in the comment section, and share the show with a friend. If you're listening on one of your streaming platforms instead of the YouTube stream, totally fine. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform of choice. If you want to continue to support the show, head over to thewarreport.com. Pick up your very own College Loop War Report co-branded Feeling Lippy t-shirt. Use hashtag Feeling Lippy Feeling without the G on social media when you send us a selfie of you and your brand new Feeling Lippy t-shirt. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, especially those of you guys who are running dual monitors, watching football, and watching the College League podcast. You guys are rock stars. AJ Rivera, Tim the Toolman, you guys are the bomb. Thank you guys so much for t- tuning in. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening along with us and continuing to give us the love and support that you guys unwaveringly do so. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Hope everybody doesn't have the worst Monday of all time. Sometimes Mondays kind of hit different. They definitely do for me. I Once again, I'm Harris Sitar at Harris Sitar on the Bird app and on Instagram. If you want to come hang out with me, send me your good takes, your bad takes, everything in between. Dylan, tell everybody where they can find us, love and support us, and let's get out of here. Of course, I'm Dylan Lark. I would take on Twitter slash X on my Instagram as well. Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-E-R-C-K. You'll come right here on the College Loop, which is like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure to check us out on social media as well. All of those. Give me Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those at the College Loop. I don't think I have to spell that. It's just right up there in the top corner. I'm not used to being on this or up there above Tar. 
Uh, and of course, if you're tired of hearing our voices, completely understand it. Uh, we'll have an audio version of the show come up as well, uh, the same time as all the other shows come out. So with all that being said, go Lions. And please, Dan Campbell, save us. Uh, and this has been the College Loop Podcast. Love you guys.